Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. When I first started this podcast, there were a couple of episodes that I was really excited to do. This one was at the top of the list. My friends, please enjoy this episode with Nashville's own Truvy Trollope. Okay, so I, I want to open this um, by congratulating you on your show Friday night. Um, Thank you! Is it... Was it the first show post like lockdown for y'all? It was my very first production since February 2020. And we performed at the uh, Cookville Gay Bar called Temptation, which is the only gay bar for miles. And I think we might have been the first official burlesque show ever in Cookville, which is kind of cool. That's 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 cool as hell. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. A little titty show for the rural queers. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I I have to give it to you had a performer, um, Risky Sour, who's got to have the best stage name, like pretty good hands one. down. I like Risky Sour. I thought it was pretty smart. So how did how did you get started in burlesque? Let's start there. Okay, so. I've always been um, a showgirl. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, because we grew up together, you know that my family is all showgirls and entertainment. And I've been a dancer my entire life. I grew up as, you know, a competition tap jazz, you know, all that kind of ballroom stuff. And um, in high school, I had like coming out of high school, graduating, I had a cute little drug problem. I loved some things that I shouldn't have loved that, um, you know, put me in a position where I really wasn't able to hold a real job and I needed to make a lot of money because I was trying to support my drug habit. And I started stripping right out of high school in Knoxville at this place called the Mouse's Ear. And it didn't last for very long. I was not, I was too flaky for anything to last too long, but what I realized when I was dancing was that I really enjoyed it. And there was something about that, like exotic, not exotic, I'm sorry, erotic dancing that I was good at. And I really enjoyed it and I felt good. And I wasn't like embarrassed or shy about my body. I've always been very open about my body, kind of to my detriment sometimes, but we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was an experience that kind of stayed with me. So years later, I had a boyfriend that took me to a burlesque show here in Nashville, a panty raid show. And I saw these women on stage that looked like me and, you know, didn't have the perfectly societal accepted beauty body. They were women in, you know, different sizes and different shapes and different shades. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And that's how I got into it. I started going to burlesque shows and got to know some of the performers and then told them 
please let me in your show or I'll just die. I'll just die. So that's how it started. And that was, I did my first burlesque show um, in 2008, like the end of 2008. So it's been, it's been a good minute. See, that's funny because my first official drag show was about that same time. Oh, and and coincidentally enough, your show was my very last drag show. It was the last show I ever did. The blue bar show that you did? The blue bar show was the last show that I ever did. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you might perform again or what's your feelings on it? Um, I get, I get the itch every now and then, like I'll hear something on the radio and have an idea. Um, and so I'll come home and I've got one pair of heels left that I keep hidden in the back of my closet. Yeah. You know, I have 5,000 wigs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'll put them on and my knees and my ankles are go, no, bitch, (laughs) no, you're done. Yeah. We're old now. How old are you now? Oh God. I'll be 38 this year. Ah! I'm going to be 35 on the sixth. Jesus. God, we, I know we've known each other. I was 19 when we met. I know I was 16. I was, I was a little baby. God, I like, just got my driver's license going on 20 years. Oh my God. We're still alive. Look I know we made it. Our moms didn't even think that that would happen to the surprise of everybody who knows us. I know. I love your mother so much. And like, my mom loves you so much. And, uh, I think my mom, like realizes if I hadn't have been friends with you in high school, I probably would have died (laughs) because you really did like keep an eye out for me. I'm still, I'm still holding out for your mom to uh, like start her own lifestyle channel. She should. My mom is a character. Just full on like Joanna Gaines, but not problematic. (laughs) But my mother is problematic. (laughs) I choose not to see that because she's your mother and I love her. I know, but you know how it is with our parents. Like they try and she, you know, my mom has actually like surprised me a lot in the way that she's accepting of my ex-wife and her journey through her gender transition. And, you know, now our kid is also gender fluid and, you know, has come out. And so like my mom, considering that she's from that generation and she kind of, you know, gets on a Fox news loop occasionally when she's around family members that do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Aside from that, I feel like my mom is super open and accepting. And so is your mom. Your mom surprises me a lot. Yeah. So speaking of um, family acceptance, um, given that children are notoriously terrible, um, have you had a conversation uh, with your child about like, what if some little Johnny son of a bitch stumbles across like videos or pictures from one of your shows? Is that a conversation that y'all have had? Yes. Yeah. We, you know, me and my kid talk about everything. Um, They're 12 on the fifth. And so like they are very aware and um, pretty mature, I would say, for their age, even though they're still very much a kid, they still have this like understanding. 
And, you know, we just, I've always been open with them and told my kid what I do exactly. You know, I tell them that, you know, I'm a performer and the part of my shows that's, that makes it for adults is that, you know, we have costume reveals and we kind of go down to like swimsuit naked because we do, you know, like I'm not ashamed of my shows in that way. Even if I did work at a nude bar though, I wouldn't be ashamed of that either. I would be able to talk to them in an age appropriate way to say like, you know, this is what I do. It's a job and it's just work. And I think when you're open and honest with your kids, you kind of can help remove the stigma that comes along with some of that stuff sometimes. So I just try to be as open and honest with them as I can. And I remember as a kid, you know, I have a, I don't know if your followers know this about me or if you're going to tell them, but um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but (laughs) well, we can't, (laughs) it, it pertains to this, but you know, my mom's sister is Dolly Parton. So I grew up with this like kind of thing happening on the side and you know sometimes when people would find out at school they would immediately say like oh well no wonder because you're such a snob and it's like no I just didn't like you (laughs) (laughs) um but then you know sometimes boys would like find like the playboy with her on it or like one of her albums has like her with her arms up behind her head and she's like really sticking her boobs out. I can't remember which record it was, but I remember a boy in my neighborhood like was taunting me with that when we were kids. And I remember being like, you really think that's scandalous? Like, oh, <laughs> your I was going to say, because that, that Playboy cover is actually one of the classiest Playboy covers in publication. Like, I know. It's and when iconic. You open it, like, her centerfold picture has like a shirt on up to the neck and like down to the wrist. So you can't see shit, but you know how kids are. They'll use anything to try and taunt you. And so because I knew better, it never affected me. And I'm hoping that for my kid, if that should ever happen, that they'll know better and it won't affect them. I'm sure that if some kid tried to use that against me, that they might get upset or feel embarrassed or whatever. But I hope that we have a close enough relationship that we'd be able to work through whatever kind of like feelings it brings up. Yay, right feelings. Yay. So you have gone from performer to now producer of a burlesque show. Um, how, how soon after one show is finished do you start working on the next show? Like, have you started on your next show yet? Yeah, immediately. Um, Sometimes I don't because, you know, sometimes we don't have like a date booked yet, but this was our first show at this venue and the owner told me like in the middle, we weren't even done with the show yet. And the owner, she came up to me and she was like, girl, they love it. We're packed. I can't believe it. Like, we want you to come back. Can you, can you do a show every six weeks? And I was like, sure, done. So she gave me a date immediately. So as soon as the show was over, I was already texting performers going, hey, we got another date. You want to be involved in this next one? Because I had people contact me after I you know, was promoting my last show and they were like, hey, I really want to do your show. When you get another date, let me know. So I kind of had people in my mind that I wanted to contact and say like, hey, I want to do this. But you know, if nobody, if I don't have a date, then no, I don't start working on one. But my mind is always moving Like I'm always creating a new act. I'll hear a song and be like, oh, that should be a burlesque number. And like, I'm already working on that. 
and you know i'm working on some freelance stuff i'm doing a really cool project i can't really talk much about it because they made me sign an nda oh, but no. um i've been brought on like as a production specialist for this new rock opera show that's gonna be coming out and it's kind of like about aliens it's kind of like rocky horror picture had an alien baby so oh that it, sounds exciting like specifically you'll love it um i'm really excited and very proud to be part of the project so as soon as i know more and i can tell you i will <laughs> that's amazing i can't wait for that so there was a buzzfeed article um a couple of days ago um that was kind of it was kind of just a reminder um for everybody that like we are still in the middle of a pandemic and we should expect things to be canceled um specifically events um and the the first lockdown kind of happened out of nowhere and everybody was scrambling trying trying to like figure out ways to cope um if another lockdown happens do you have like a plan to keep your show going no <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've got plans but see i wasn't one of those performers that was able to transition to being an online performer um i i don't want to produce a virtual burlesque show i have no like the thought of it actually causes me dread so i don't even if i'm not having fun when i'm doing burlesque i'm not gonna do it because it's not a job it's a hobby for me and even though i treat it as a job and i'm very professional about my work in burlesque it's still something i do for fun and if it's not fun i'm not gonna do it and virtual shows don't sound like fun to me um but you know right now we went ahead with our show last week because I knew that number one, all of my cast was vaxxed fully. And also because we're at a gay bar, I felt like our clientele is a little bit more like kind of liberal progressive minded. So I was hoping and assuming that they would be more on the vax side than say if I was in a straight bar and that was right. more of that like, you know, kind of, I call it the all lives matter crowd. Um, but I don't really perform for those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people that's very loud and brash about my feelings. And if you don't like it, stay the fuck at home. I don't need your money. I don't want it. I don't care. Just, I do what I do. And if you don't like it, get out. Um, but yeah, for the burlesque, in September, you know, if the if the numbers are high and the death count is high, like I'm not I'm I'll I'll cancel a show. I don't have any, you know, qualms about that. I want people to be safe. And, you know, my my thing about it is that you should just make sure that your performers and your crew and everybody that works for you is safe and the audience, you can't really control people. So you just have to ask and hope for the best with that kind of situation, but to like make sure that your performers are safe and that that's your priority. I think I think people can keep doing shows if they're smart about it. Like I, I know a lot of my friends in performing over COVID, like they were really smart about how they did it because they are progressive people and they do believe the science and they didn't want to put anybody at harm. So I saw a lot of outdoor shows. I saw a lot of virtual shows. And I think if you do that and you're wearing your mask when you're performing, if you're indoors and stuff like that, I think that's smart. So, you know, just don't be a dick. <laughs>
That's my prerogative. I mean, do you feel like a television show kind of in the vein of RuPaul's Drag Race, but for burlesque, would be good for the burlesque community? Or do you think it would kind of make kind of what it did for the drag community where because of drag race now there's a lot of um, oversaturated yeah and there's a lot of people who are armchair drag experts now do you (laughs) how how would you feel if a show like that came about I mean I think it could be good and bad everything like that you know any kind of growth has a growing pain so you know RuPaul's Drag Race is experiencing that And they have been for a while because growing hurts sometimes, even though it's a good thing. And I think, you know, I'm obsessed with drag race, even though it's problematic and, you know, I have issues with some of the parts of it, but it's like an escape kind of trash TV thing for me because I don't do Kardashians. I won't stoop that fucking low. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, you know, drag race or drag performers and drag artists deserve the notoriety and the awareness that they're getting. And I feel like burlesque deserves that too, because burlesque is one of those, like drag is an underground art. It started that way. And so is burlesque. Burlesque has always been an underground art. Some people don't even know what the hell the word is. They're like, well, burlesque. So, you know, there's still this like underground kind of, you got to know to know vibe about it, which I really love that part of it. I, you know, that part, the fact that it's not everything that everybody does is what kind of draws me to it. So I think if everybody and their mother was all about burlesque, all of a sudden I would be a little bit like, eh. because when, like when that movie with Cher and Christina Aguilera came I out, was, I was going to ask you about that next. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was a huge influx for the whole burlesque scene as a whole. And we had a lot of new performers coming in, which made, which means that we had to have a lot more shows to support all the performers. So you had a lot of like amateur performers trying to amateur produce. And that's still a thing because burlesque, you don't have to be a professional. You can do what you want. I just come from actual entertainment experience. So I consider like myself a little bit more of a professional just because, you know, I work in that industry anyways. So I know what's going on. Um, But, you know, I, I think it could be fun. Honestly, my idea and, you know, RuPaul, you better not freaking steal this, but, you know, they have on the World of Wonder app, they have this dance show where they teach the drag queens how to dance. I want RuPaul to start a World of Wonder show to teach drag artists how to burlesque because I see way too many drag performers taking off a glove and not even thinking about the aspect of tease with that or a a jacket or whatever you know they do these costume reveals and they really they're great but if you did them with some burlesque finesse and you played with that garment and you had a little bit more of like a tease moment with it the way burlesque artists do girl those reveals would be even more like on fire so I would love to have a burlesque dance class for drag queens because I think that I see so much burlesque and I say that in quotations on RuPaul Drag Race that that you know they always get high marks when one of them comes to the variety show and does a burlesque number you know they always are like oh right. my God, boobs and tassels we love it so I just I watch that and I'm like yeah she's cute you know she's cute 
Well, you she know, um, she some lessons, but she's cute. Violet Chachki, that's that's what yeah. she does on the road now. Like she that's what I mean. Strictly yeah. does she does like these huge burlesque productions that I know, and she has definitely watched Adita Von T's show. Oh, absolutely. Times to make sure that she's doing what is, you know, required for that, which I think it's great. I love to see those genres kind of mixed together. I love to see more, uh, you know, drag queens from all gender expressions accepted and invited to perform in shows. And I'm glad that RuPaul is putting transgender women on their cast. And I think they should have, you know, female presenting performers too. I, I don't think they should shut it out to anybody from any gender expression. And I know that it's different to have drag kings, but you know, do a different spinoff show. Fucking do it. Drag kings are great. But I mean, like, yeah, like drag kings are kind of their own genre, but when you call a show drag race and you don't specify exactly you know, drag queen race then you know you've kind of opened yourself up for these criticisms of yeah. well why don't you have drag kings on i when... would love to see somebody like landon cider compete alongside those other types of queens i mean i think it could make the whole show reinvent itself into something completely new and on point for this generation of viewers i, I mean you know they should holler at me for a consultation because i'll even I'll, even I'll, as like a test know. run they could do it <laughs> as like um on the all-star season yeah i mean if anything they should do it yeah. they should do a drag king episode and just see how it feels you know they should, right i feel like they should open that pool up and i see them slowly kind of doing that now with the transgender acceptance, which I commend them for that, but it took you long enough. Yeah. You know, and bring Peppermint back because she was one Absolutely. of the ones that they, you know, really, you know, turned against. And that shit pisses me off. I feel so. like Peppermint was robbed. Yeah. I, He's amazing, by the yeah. way. So I've got a letter from a listener. Uh, it comes to us from Dot from TikTok. Hi, Dot, if you're listening. I hope you are. Hi, Dot. Um, Dot would like to know what advice you would give someone who is wanting to start doing burlesque, but doesn't necessarily know where to start. I would say uh, come to shows and start meeting the performers and, you know, the people that put on the show. Introduce yourself. And if there's classes in your area definitely take some classes you don't have to though to be a burlesque performer I want to also say that you don't have to burlesque is what you make it um but definitely like try to get yourself involved with the community start following burlesque performers follow me on social <laughs> media you know and just kind of like once you start connecting with all of those people you'll find your kind of group within that um but yeah go to shows start researching because it's an old art form and if you just go in thinking oh it's pretty and you know body positivity ooh, it's not just that like you're going to be really disappointed and also body positivity can be toxic so we I try to work on like body acceptance so that it's not you know because every day being positive about your body is not attainable you're going to be disappointed but if you can accept that you're going to have good and bad body days 
and get over that and move through life. Like I know for me, burlesque was kind of a place I wanted to be in because I felt like I saw bodies that looked like mine that weren't accepted. And I'm a mid-sized fat person. So I'm not, you know, in the plus category where I'm, you know, struggling to find clothes. So like my feelings are there for people to have, you know, acceptance and a safe place where they can feel like they're beautiful and celebrated. And that's what my shows are. There's a lot of burlesque out there that's still very much about the male gaze. And I call that like the suicide girl shows where right. it's still very much kind of like a playboy show, which is fine. There's room for all, there's room for all of it, but I just don't do that. I celebrate diversity in every, you know, shape form. It's the foundation of what I do. That's who I am. So I feel like it would be wrong if I didn't, you know, pre practice what I preach. <laughs> so now we're going to do what I do with all my guests. Um, I've got a list of just random ass questions. Um, some were given to me from people on social media. Um, some of them I found on the internet. Um, so here we go. Okay. Um, you've just opened your web browser. You're on your laptop computer, old school type shit. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the first site you're going to? Um, nowadays, if I'm on my computer, it's because I have to do something on an email. <laughs> like I have to do like business. Right. So probably, probably like my Gmail account so that I can check my email and see what the hell's going on. <laughs> but, you know, also I'm addicted to social media. So probably it's like Facebook or something stupid. Yeah. Okay. I don't really use my laptop very much or I'm probably searching for somebody that I'm like, what that bitch do. So I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Pretty basic. Uh, sweet tea or lemonade? Oh, both. I like all Arnold Palmer's all the way. Okay. Um, who is your favorite Spice Girl? Oh man. That's such a hard baby spice. <laughs> really? Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> that was like she was the femme character of that one you know she was just really high femme and like very flirty and very like pink pastel and you know that I'm a pastel goth it's true it's true so like she had those big yeah yeah definitely if I had to guess because posh was too much of a snob see Smart. I was I was I was team posh always yeah, no, yeah of course you are because you're a snob <laughs> <laughs> yeah but baby spice what is the most random, terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on Netflix? Oh, God. I just watched this stupid fucking reality show about these rich fucking assholes in New York called My Unorthodox Life. Oh, that and sounds terrible. It was terrible. I mean, it, the premise was cool, which is what got me started in it. It was a woman, a Jewish woman leaving a orthodox life she was married she had kids and it was very orthodox and she had to cover her hair and all of her skin and like you know she lived that life and she just couldn't do it anymore and her kids were like graduating from she had four kids with this dude and like left the life and then went and married this like really rich italian dude and moved <laughs> to manhattan and so i was like oh 
I'm in like this pilot is good. But then of course, once I start watching it, it's about rich people. And you know, I fucking hate rich people. So like I, the other half, when we eat the rich, only one will be spared. And her name is Dolly Parton. (laughs) This is true. This is true. I think she's, she's the one person that we can all agree on that. Like she's exempt from all of it. Um, I mean, you and me both, we, we don't, I don't like capitalism. I think, you know, there's a lot of problems with the billionaires in our country and in our world right now. So like watching something like that just reminded me like, oh, these people pay $14,000 for a fucking t-shirt. Yeah, that's. And that's just like angering to me because I might be doing okay in my life, but my family came from poor white trash and like, you know, I'm not too proud to admit it. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> see i just got done watching um fuck i can't think of what it's called um it's like where they combined like blind dating and dancing so oh, they taught yeah. they taught like the, the people separately this dance and the first time they meet they have to do the dance together it's absolutely god awful like I'm it not was, doing that. i was I'm not so doing mad but i watched the whole fucking thing yeah, I can't do couples or dating shows because I'm too fucking lonely. <laughs> um, there's a there's a British show called Celebs Go Dating that is actually fucking fantastic. But it's not like r- real celebrities. <laughs> it's like lower level reality TV oh, radio you know people. I just got approached actually because of my Dolly connection. Somebody on Instagram messaged me about uh, being in a pilot about rich people or no, like people that are related to famous people. It was like a game show for them. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That That sounds uh, cringy. I wanted to send it to one of my cousins, but then I was like, don't be petty, you bitch. (laughs) I mean, you should though. (laughs) pancakes or waffles pancakes no waffles i don't know french toast (laughs) okay all right uh renaissance fair or sci-fi convention Ooh, i just went to my first renaissance fair this year so that i'm newly hooked i love it um do you have an unusual celebrity crush like somebody if you bring it up people are like what the fuck is wrong with you um let's see you know everybody loves matthew mcconaughey until he opens his goddamn mouth now because he talks about politics and i'm like see i was i was never a fan because like he always just looked unwashed yeah but you know i love trashy dude (laughs) I mean, trashy dudes are my favorite. Give me one that looks maybe like a hobo. And I'm like, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I need to go to therapy more. Um, I don't know. I feel the same way about Pete Davidson. Gross. See, but there's something about, there's something about him. Yeah. I don't really have much celebrity crush because I feel like celebrities are just overrated. Um, I know the answer to this question, uh, <laughs> but I am going to ask it anyway, because I have asked all my guests, bra, always on or only when you have to. Oh my God. Only when I have to. <laughs> <laughs> For the people at 
home, I just lifted up my floppy boobs and was like, look, I'm not wearing, I'm in a t-shirt. So I didn't just flash over here, but. I mean, I have seen them before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely no bra. I'm in my Golden Girls t-shirt, by the way. I love it. Yeah, I'm a fan. I got it down at 30 Rock in New York because I'm fancy. Look at you Before lockdowns and the before times when we used to actually go to New York and LA for interviews and not just do them on Zoom in the studio. (laughs) (coughs) Sweater or hoodie? Uh, Let's see. Mm, Sweater. Sweater? Yeah, I'm an old woman about that kind of stuff. (laughs) I do love a cardigan though. Mm -hmm. Pockets, you know. Yeah. If it's a zip-up hoodie, maybe. Definitely like oversized, like worn in yeah i gotta say something about burlesque on the back because i right, got absolutely. a festival or something um if you were going to the movies alone um and you could watch any movie in the entire world what would you watch uh well i have anxiety so i wouldn't go to the movies alone <laughs> um but i would probably watch Tu wong fu in my big home theater i like that that's such I a good one. movie if I had one. Yeah. Or like Practical Magic, maybe. That would be fun. Oh, that would be fun. Theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably something silly like that. I want to watch like Practical Magic like outside in like Massachusetts on Halloween or some shit. Like, you I know, feel like that would be nice. I feel like my backyard is set up to do a movie night. I should do that for Halloween. Will you come up if I do that? Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. Okay. We watch okay, like we Practical bring, Magic and Hocus Pocus. We bring and your shit. family and like make your brother bring the kid and everything because I want to see y'all. Yeah, yeah. And I can't come. I can't come to where you are anymore because I have bad memories of that place. So, do you wash your legs in the shower? Wash my legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> wash my legs because I don't shave my legs, so I gotta suds them up. <laughs> um. Because there, um, there was a story on CNN today about um, in some interview, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis both said that like they don't bathe all the time and they, and they don't bathe their kids unless they can see dirt on them. Gross. Okay. I've been seeing that headline float around and I refused to click on it. I was like, nope, I'm not going to click on that fucking bottom of the barrel shit but like i have to say i think people in this culture are like obsessed with cleanliness in a way that's unhealthy and so i actually don't shower a ton either i like i bathe and i like to shower and i like to be clean it's not like a oh i see dirt i should probably take a shower but like i also color my hair wonderful colors so i can't shower my hair every day that's right like i probably um i probably bathe three times, two times a week. I probably shower my hair once every two to three weeks. And I have no qualms about it. Like I don't feel dirty. I don't stink. I don't think I stink. If I do, (laughs) y'all tell me, somebody tell me, be like, bitch. I mean, knowing the people that you're around, somebody would tell you. Somebody would tell me. Yeah. My aunt, she's be like, go put some deodorant on. What are you doing? Uh, There's a shower. Go take a shower pool or yeah, ocean? I, I think people 
are body shamed for their bathing things. Did, did you just ask me a new question? I did. Pool or ocean? Okay. Pool. I hate o- open water swimming in it. I, I think there's too many googlies in the bottom of it. I'm not doing that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, there's like like fish pee in that water. Like that's. I don't, I don't, I don't do the ocean dead people out there. Yes. Yes. Like the old lady from Titanic is out there. (laughs) I don't want to swim with her. (laughs) Yeah, no pool, please. Um, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? Oh shit. I don't know. You would probably be better at answering this question. Um, probably like somebody, I don't know, like Rebel Wilson, honestly, <laughs> even though really? she's dead, I don't know. I don't really know how I see myself like that. You know, I've got fucking issues. I don't know. I don't I'm trying know. To, I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like it would probably have to be like somebody just brand new fresh off the bus like somebody that's lived life Demi a little Lovato bit to play me i could see that i could see that yeah i could see her playing me um she's pretty sassy and i'm sorry they're pretty sassy and uh, i think they could probably pull it off for me oh is that a cat is that your cat yeah can you hear that that's <laughs> yes. my baby cat <laughs> she's a whiny little bitch nude beach or not a chance nude beach all the way <laughs> no tan lines the only thing is when you go to a nude beach it's mostly old dudes with their penis out this is true this is true and they're usually gay so you don't even have to worry about them right see i i don't mind a nude beach but like i don't i don't do the sand I know. I don't do the sand either. I'm so just, I'm, I'm not a sand person. I like to stay on the rocks, please. Yeah. Right. Like you can find a nice, like, yeah. And I hate or to something. on the sand. Cause then it gets all sticky and gross. And I'm like one of those baby powder people that like covers themselves in baby, baby powder. So it won't stick. <laughs> I'm like, you know, sand. There's, um, there's beaches now where like they're crumbling up marble and putting it in the sand because marble doesn't get hot. So your feet don't get hot when you walk on the beach. Wow. Technology. It's fucking stupid. It's the stupidest Did shit you, I've ever heard. But have like, you seen the, um, have you seen the article where they like dropped a bunch of fish out of a moving plane really fast and they like all flew down to this lake to repopulate it? No. Okay, I'll send it to you on Instagram. Yeah, it's this like practice where they like take a plane up in the air that's full, has a belly full of like fish in in water, like live fish. And they take it to remote lakes that need to be repopulated. It was on the like Nat Geo Instagram or something. But all the comments underneath it, because the fish like flying through the air just looked so aggressive. <laughs> And all the comments underneath the post were like, uh, are the fish okay? Like, does this even work? <laughs> I mean, I imagine 
it looked really aggressive. Like they're flying really high. Like, couldn't you have gotten <laughs> kind of low to the water and then popped them out? Like, did you have to get so high to where they're like, a bubbling away? <laughs> I feel like, couldn't they like do that on like a boat or some shit? Like, that's well, apparently it's remote locations that they can only fly to or some bullshit. I don't know. It was on that geo. I'm definitely going to send it to you so you can link yeah. it. To this or like, Put them, put them in like a giant Ziploc bag and like carry them like you do the fish you get at the fair. Like put them in one of those bags and I mean, carry them under the plane. That land in the water. So why? Yes, there's I like, mean, I don't know, but apparently it's been done for like 40 years. So they got a reason to do it. And apparently it works, even though it looks aggressive. <laughs> that just, it's, I don't like that. I don't like that. Not one bit. Can we cuss on your on your show? I've been cussing this whole time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you're gonna have to bleep me or not. I'm not bleeping shit. We don't <laughs> I don't have the budget for bleeps. <laughs> well, um, I'm so excited that you're doing this. I think it's great that you're finally giving yourself a voice because I've always known you and like the I think about that comedy routine that you wrote years ago about the girl driving down the interstate like doing her makeup and also like talking on the phone I don't know if you remember it but I I actually no I have it around here somewhere I think about it every time I'm in the car and I go to do my makeup I think (laughs) about that story literally it's one of those memories like anytime I'm gonna do my makeup in the car if I'm driving I'm like oh shit here we go I'm I'm gonna die or not we'll see I also think about you every time I go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Fucking okra. <laughs> so once upon a time, many, many years ago, when we were both young and stupid, um, we had been. And we to... didn't have GPS. You have yes, to this was this children. was in a, this was in a time before. We had a road atlas in a book. Smartphones we and GPS. Um, we had a penchant for just picking up on like a Thursday or a Friday and deciding to go off to fuck all on either end of Tennessee. And we had decided to go to Memphis one weekend um, to visit a friend of yours. And on the way back. The thing about (laughs) going to Memphis though, is that we were like, let's take back roads. And we were like, yeah, let's take back roads. And so we just like, we didn't have GPS. We didn't have MapQuest. We just had that road atlas. And like my dad had told us, like, you just get on this highway and then you just follow it to this one and blah, blah, blah. You'll find it. And I was like, okay, let's go. Okay. And we did. This was okay. this was also the same trip where uh, we took pictures outside of that town called Pride holding the dildo in the, the air dildo. on the side of the road. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was the first thing I ever penetrated myself with. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up oh no problem it's what we're here for so the, I'm the moral it's not of, the first thing i penetrated <laughs> myself with the moral of this story is that we drove 80 miles out of the way to get fried okra from cracker barrel because we were craving it yeah. and that's you know what you do when that's you don't have do. gps those were the days my friend okay no we can't do that we can't afford the publishing oh that's right I may have to bleep that. I may have to figure out a way to get the. Yeah, well, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. Um, My friend. Last one. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? 
My cats are fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, repeat your question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I mean, just to follow my instincts and to like listen to my gut when it tells me like, hey, bitch, (laughs) that's not a carnival. That's a red flag. Um, Yeah, probably that. You know, I had a friend tell me one time that those red flags weren't a parade for me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So that kind of was probably some good advice was to just like really trust my instincts and listen to my guts because they're probably on point. Right on. So tell everybody where they can find you should they see fit, where they can come see your shows. Um, well, social media hates me because I like to show my boobs and I have an OnlyFans, so they really hate me now, which I don't even get on my OnlyFans much, so it's not even worth it. But you can follow me on OnlyFans. <laughs> What's on there is real hot. Um, and that's where I talk to people mostly because they pay me and I'm on Instagram too, Truvy Trollop at yours, Truvy, or you can find me through Truvy's Rhinestone Cabaret. I have a Facebook page and a TikTok page and an Instagram. I don't snap, I don't Snapchat. I have <laughs> a I Snapchat. I, have I don't a Twitter. I don't use it. I have a Twitter. I don't use it much, but I'm an old person. If the kids want to follow me wherever, they'll find me. <laughs> T-R-U-V-Y, like groovy, just Truvy. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Oh my God. I love you. I love you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. Always have been, always will be. Same, boo. I love you so much. Thank you for love everything. Love you too. Thank All you right. for coming by. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.